Welcome to the VBAC Link Podcast. We are a team of expert doulas trained in supporting VBACs, have had VBACs of our own, and work extensively with VBAC women and their providers. We are here to provide detailed VBAC and cesarean prevention stories and facts in a simple, consolidated format. When we were moms preparing to VBAC, it was stories and information like we will be sharing in this podcast that helped fine-tune our intuition and build confidence in our birth preparations. We hope this does the same for you. To hear more about us and to hear our individual VBAC stories, be sure to check out episodes 1, 2, and 3. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Megan and Julie, and we are on episode 24. I can't even believe that we have gone 24 episodes. Today, we have one of my own clients, and she was one of my first feedback mamas. Her name is Molly, and she's here from Utah, and I can't wait to have her share her story. I, you know, you kind of, you kind of hear people say like, oh, labor was a party, or I wanted to have a party. Let me tell you what, you guys. Molly's labor was truly a party. She had such an amazing team in her room and she'll, she'll tell you all about it, but it was a great birth. And something kind of funny about her, her birth is she actually cursed her doctor a little bit. Something she said is that she was actually not prepared for afterbirth for like the stitches. She, she tore just a little bit and she had to get stitches. So she said when the doctor brought over his massive hook-shaped needle, she was a little upset. (laughs) No one ever tells you about, like, the lidocaine shot you have to get if you tear after your unmedicated birth. Like, that was the worst part for me, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it burns, and and then you see the hook. I feel like it almost looks like a fish hook, and so you're like, whoa, like, I don't want that. So, but I will let Molly share more with you about her amazing birth. Go ahead, Molly. Thanks, Megan. Okay, my birth was amazing. It was definitely a party, but I guess getting there wasn't so amazing. It was my second birth, and originally with uh, my first my first baby, my son, I really wanted to do a, a natural delivery. I really wanted to have that organic experience and, and to feel what labor felt like. I I think that's pretty common from uh, most people that I talk to that have gone through a natural delivery. That's like what they always say. It's just they wanted to feel it. And so I don't really know why, but I just, that's what I wanted. I didn't have like a doula or like anybody for my first birth. My parents live out of town, so I was alone. I mean, my husband was there, but it was just the two of us and neither one of us knew anything. We weren't prepared at all. We kind of just listened to the doctors and did whatever they said. And so I had talked to I had talked to my doctor before about possibly doing an unmedicated delivery, and his original answer was just like, "You don't want to do that." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Like you're a doctor, so there must be a reason why." And he just just basically told me there wasn't like a benefit to, to not. I guess there wasn't a benefit to having a medicated birth, but that it was just this horrible experience, and that I wouldn't want it. And so that coming from a person in, in an authority position, like, already was off-putting to me. It made me scared. And it made me have this feeling of, like, fear towards something that I wanted to be really beautiful. 
So that already kind of tainted it. And then, I don't know if this is everyone, but at least for me, when I was pregnant, I was so vulnerable. I didn't, I wasn't confrontational. I didn't want to fight with anyone, especially my doctor, because I just figured being a doctor, he knows best. So, I mean, that was hard. But then he didn't say I couldn't do it. So he was still supportive of me having an unmedicated birth, but just not like thrilled about it, I guess. I'm not sure. But then I got there. I started having contractions when I got there. And like the first thing he said is he was like, oh, this looks complicated. We should do a C-section. And I was like, oh uh, yeah. And so I, I just was like, I guess I thought maybe that was his professional opinion and maybe there was some reason. And but he just really kept pushing for it. And my husband and I at that point were still coherent enough. It was early enough to just be like, no, that's not what we want. You know, we're going to try and do it as natural as possible. And well, then the nurse came in after that and they immediately put me on Pitocin. I'd been in the hospital for maybe maybe like 20 minutes, and they were already like talking about Pitocin, and I'm not sure how long it actually was before they started it, but they jumped it straight to a four, and that's not terrible. Well, that's still like, high. Yeah, I mean, my poor sister-in-law, she was on like a 16 or something, but no, they put me on a four, and it was just like the most intense pain, and it went from being this sort of gradual wave of pain that was manageable to just this non-stop incessant just ferocious, ferocious feeling, and it was unmanageable. And so I opted for an epidural after like an hour. I just couldn't handle it. And um, I just thought, like my original feelings in that moment were just like, I'm a failure, like I'm not strong. I had no idea the effects of Pitocin, and I just thought that was like exactly what labor was like, and it was a horrible thing, and it wasn't humanly possible. And I just, I was so deflated. And then having the epidural, I had no feeling in my body, and I was having a really hard time pushing. I was in labor for 16 hours, 15 of which I'd been uh, on the epidural, and it was just not progressing. It was tense. I didn't have any family around. I didn't have any friends around. The doctor was getting, I don't know, like almost irritated, it felt like. Um, and then, you know, we get down to the wire. We've been pushing for a while. Chad has been dropping these hints that, oh, this is really dangerous to be pushing for this long, we should do a C-section, we should do a C-section, on and on and on. And so finally, I just gave in, and I was like, if you think that's best, like, I want my baby to be safe, and so I opted to do the C-section. It was so beautiful to see my little boy come into the world. You know, I got to see his face and see what he looked like, but due to the stress of labor, he got taken away to the NICU really fast. So I didn't get to spend very much time with him, and then, of course, I had to be treated and, and stitched up and everything, and I ended up back in the delivery room by myself for two hours mm. before I even saw another human being. It was just me that alone. Is awful. Like That is so awful. It was, I remember, it was a surreal moment where I reached down to grab my, my baby, and he wasn't there, and I was like, oh, oh. and I was completely alone for the first time in nine months, and um, I wanted my husband to stay with my son. I didn't want him to be with me, so... It was just this weird feeling. It was so strange to have a person that I was just so connected with just gone. And I didn't hold him for, I think, over. I didn't see him for two hours. I didn't hold him for close to a day. And uh, it was just not what I'd wanted. So when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, my immediate thought was that I had to do something different because I did not want that experience again. So I... uh, started reaching around, I found uh, Megan, the most perfect doula in the world, Aww. and uh, <laughs> it really, it was awesome. a fascinating She really is. <laughs> well, like, the thing that was so different for me with having a doula, and the reason I will recommend it until the day I die, is just because 
when you're in labor, it's the most vulnerable place you're ever going to be. And it is so hard to be an advocate for yourself and to stand up for what you want. You don't want to be fighting with a doctor when you're experiencing that kind of pain and, like, emotional anticipation. It's just, it's not the time. And doctors can be pushy. I'm sure you guys know that. Like, I remember when I was in the hospital with my daughter, they really, really wanted to limit me to being in the bed. And they wanted to limit me, you know, to not walking around and, and they wanted me to uh, up my testosterone again. And we tried it for a while, but like I wasn't in a position to be fighting for myself. And so it was so comforting to know that that pressure wasn't on me. It wasn't on my husband. It wasn't on my friends. It was just, I had someone there who was taking care of it. And that was, and it, you feel like Megan, you really did. You were kind of a rock star because they really wanted to up with the chosen and you wouldn't let them. And I think that's the reason that everything worked out as well as it did. Yeah, well, so it's just was, everything was going fine. So just asking for, like, oh, let's just get more time. Like, it just, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, so with my daughter, I guess I jumped ahead of the story there. Um, I wanted to do the totally natural delivery. I wanted to be at home and labor in a place that I was comfortable for as long as I was capable. But at my, uh, it was, like, I think it was like five days before I was due, so like 39 in mm-hmm. a couple of days, I went in for a checkup and my blood pressure was through the roof. And so they tried to like give me some time to collect myself, but it was just so dangerous. They really wanted to induce me. And that made me terrified because I really wanted that natural experience. And so knowing that I was going to the hospital to have my labor induced in an unnatural way, it was scary and I was afraid they were going to tell me that I couldn't do the D-back. And I mean, that's another reason why I just say it's so important to have people on your team and have a support staff there because without it, like, I probably would have just listened to the doctor and I wouldn't have had the magical experience that I got to have. But anyway, they, I got there and they broke my water and uh, it was so interesting because, you know, every time you watch a movie, the water is always like this perfectly clear, like, I don't know, Aquafina spring water that just is not gross at all. And for me, <laughs> it was not like that. I just expected a little. There's so much. And there yeah. were these little like, white, chunky things. It was just not pleasant. Not what I was expecting. That was weird. But they ended up being really cool. And for the first little while, with the help of my, my friends, you know, I was able to get up and move around and we were dancing. There was music going. Who was there? I think it was so it was me and my husband and my best friend, who's my sister in law. Yeah. And um, and, uh, and the ben, his friend. Yeah. And then Yeah, so that's the weird one. Everybody understands that my husband's best friend was there and it's because he was one he's one of my best friends too. Like all of us always hang out together, so it wasn't weird for me. But it ended up being a really good thing because, mm-hmm. like, I'm yeah. a I'm a really naturally social person, and I find comfort in being in groups of people that I love. So, you know, for her delivery, I already knew, like, even before I decided on having a doula that I wanted as many people as I could that loved me to be there and to be a part of it with me and to, like, celebrate this little life that was coming into the world. And I think it was probably stemming from being alone after my last delivery. Um, that feeling of, like, stark loneliness that I wasn't ready for. So I feel like maybe knowing that I was going to, again, have this person that had been growing in me leave me, it was really comforting to know that there were other people there and that um, 
worst case scenario, someone would be with her and someone would be with me. And so that was that was a huge comfort for sure. Yeah, so my husband's best friend, Alex, they both ended up being huge helps too because after the initial stages when we were able to laugh and dance and play and um, just be silly together, the counter pressure that they were able to provide was like the most stellar thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't have done it without them. To have double manly hands in a room. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, me as a doula and other doulas, like, we apply counter pressure, but come on, like, men are super strong. And so to have four four hands, that was amazing. (laughs) Well, I remember, like, you were trying to be so sweet and offer them breaks so that they could have a rest and then you would have a turn. Mm -hmm. And and you did so good. But it's just, yeah, it's just not the same. I think, like, the big hands and the amount of pressure that they're able to apply, which is Mm -hmm. weird because I think in any other situation that would be super uncomfortable, but it was the most comfortable thing. It was, like, relaxing. It was so just the energy from having that physical touch was so comforting in those, you know, in those moments. It was just, it was what I needed. So it was really, I was fortunate that they both ended up being there. Yeah. Um. But the whole night was, was just fantastic before we even got to that part. That's another thing that I think is so different from what people expect. Um, a lot of women, I feel like, are fearful of labor and think that the entire process is this horrible, awful, ugly, painful experience um, because that's the way it's portrayed a lot. But in reality, I feel like, yeah, there was definitely a part, you know, a, a large part in the middle that was not fantastic. As far as pain, it was fantastic in every other sense, but... It really hurt, and it was really hard and so exhausting. But for the most part, the hours leading up to it where the contractions, yeah, they were intense, they were painful, but there was, it was, it was also very beautiful. You know, you have these down moments in between when you get to feel just the process itself and what birth really is, and you're totally there for it. You know, your body, you feel your muscles just contract and relax, and you feel your body working in a way that you didn't even know it could and it's so beautiful and I feel like that's the part of birth that gets missed. I feel like it's almost stolen from a lot of women when they're so fearful of it that they opt to do something like an epidural before they even get the chance to feel those things. So I guess for me, I just, every time I talk about my birth story or anyone's birth story, it's just, that's the part that I like to linger on. It's my favorite because I, I guess I just get so upset that for, for so many people, they before they even have the chance to be in that position, that they're just predisposed to only the negative parts of birth because it's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say definitely. Like, I totally... Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Well, and it makes me hurt for them because, like, I have so many friends, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with having an epidural or having a C-section or whatever type of birth gets a beautiful baby born. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I've had conversations with women who, after they hear my story, they go, wow, like, that would have been, if I had known, like, that that was an aspect that I would be missing out on, I I don't know that I would have changed my mind, but I would have definitely thought twice about it. So many people just have no idea that there is this beautiful part of it. And so, I mean, I guess I'm just passionate about that. I think that's something that everyone deserves. And I think a lot of the time when doctors want to push so hard for, you know, the other option right away, people just miss out on that before they even know it exists. For my birth, like, 
that part of it was great. Um, but yeah, being realistic, there's a time in the middle. <laughs> For me, the contractions were so intense. Um, about an hour and a half to two hours before I delivered, they got so intense that I wasn't sure I was going to even be capable of doing an unmedicated birth um, or a feedback because I didn't realize you could feel pain like that. You know, I I thought back to my first delivery, and after I'd spent that hour with Pitocin on four, thinking this is the most horrible, painful thing, like there's no way this is humanly possible, and then thinking where I was two hours before my daughter was born, and I was like, wow, okay, so this pain is comparable, if not far worse, and I know it's going to get worse. Um, so I realized it is humanly possible to do it, but I really think it's very important to have that time before where the contractions build and you get breaks. And even for me, when I was having those painful experiences toward my delivery, I still had breaks. The contractions really didn't land on top of each other until just a few minutes before. And by that point, my body had totally taken over. And, like, I remember talking to Alex. He was staying up by my head. That's my husband's best friend. Um, everyone, my husband was down trying to, like, um, just help push on my legs for counter pressure. But he was staying up near my head. And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this. I, I just, I knew right before she was born that it was just not possible because the pain was so intense. And I remember feeling my eyebrows furrow and my teeth just grit so hard. And then I would hear Megan's voice or my sister-in-law's voice telling me to calm down or to, to just let my, my eyebrows relax. And, and I was trying to listen to their voices, but, like, it just was the most intense pain. So I looked at him and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he was saying, you know, yeah, you can. I think he was terrified. I'm not sure what he was thinking, but he was you know, trying <laughs> he to handle it very well. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. But um, I remember him saying, you're going you're gonna to be fine. You can do it. You can do it. But, like, he didn't look very convinced. But that was, that was fun. But then there was this moment where the pain kind of stopped for a minute. For me, not for a minute. Okay, that was traumatic. For a second, the pain stopped. And I felt the moment that everything switched gears and the contractions were totally different and it was this pushing feeling and it was this small break because those contractions, they weren't as painful for me for a second. Um, but I remember watching one of the nurses kind of like made these wide eyes because we just checked how dilated I was and they had said that I wasn't ready. Um, but my intuition kind of told me I was. But anyway, the doctor left and the nurse's eyes bugged out of her head, and she was like, no, you can't push yet. The doctor's not in here. And I remember thinking, like, you're crazy because I'm not pushing. I'm not doing anything. But then I remember looking up and looking at Megan, and you kind of were nodding your head. You're like, yeah, you're pushing. And uh, my body just completely took over, and I had no – there was no conscious effort on my part. It was the coolest feeling, and this is one of the reasons I'm so glad I got to be fully present was because for the first time in my entire life, like my, my body was moving completely unconsciously from me and I wasn't controlling anything, but I could feel it. And it was muscles that I didn't know existed, uh, just squeezing and pushing. And it was not the worst feeling until um, no one tells you how, how hard it is when the baby comes out and that ring of fire that you feel, that for me was easily the worst part of the entire birth because, you know, on the one hand, you're so close and you can feel this little person so close to you and so ready to meet you. 
and you want to push harder for that. But then when you do, you feel the most intense pain. And for me, it was it was absolutely a ring of freaking fire. It was horrible. <laughs> um, and I remember looking at my husband, and he kept telling me, he was like, you're so close, I can see your head just push. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, I'm pushing, and I need a break because this is painful. So he said it was funny because our head would start to come out, and then it would get sucked back in. And he was like, no, just, just push her out, as if it was this easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she... She finally was born, and um, I just remember, like, being so relieved. I didn't even feel my placenta being delivered. I, I just, it was elation. It was the most incredible feeling. I've never felt my body go from the most intense amount of pain I could ever feel to the happiest I could ever feel. I swear it was the, the fastest jump from the bottom of the human capacity to feel to the very top of it. And that, to me, that was the magical spark. Like, in, in the entire thing, in the entire process, the feeling of being terrified and in pain and exhausted, shifting entirely, doing a complete 180 to being so energized and just relieved and excited and just proud and every wonderful feeling I could feel and to feel this intense amount of love for this person instantly, that was the magic. Because really, when in your life, when in anyone's life, will they ever get to experience that outside of giving birth? I really can't think of another example. Yeah. I mean, really, I don't, I mean, there's someone the other day, I, my cousin's pregnant and she said, you know, I don't, just don't know like how you even want to go and medicate it. And I said, there's just something about like for me, like feeling a human body exit my body. There mm-hmm. was just something mm-hmm. I don't know, like there was something about it and and it was just amazing and I I don't know how I how you could ever feel anything like that again, obviously besides childbirth, but like yeah, there's nothing there's nothing like it. Tried to have those conversations with people before where they're so against the idea, whether they've experienced birth or they haven't, or they've only experienced, you know, getting an instant epidural or C section, which again I don't think there's anything wrong with, but I've had these conversations with women in those experiences, and they're just like, why, why would you put yourself through that amount of pain? Because it's so painful. And I can't articulate it exactly. I'm just, I guess I'm not eloquent enough to explain it, but there's that magical presence that, I mean, I've never felt anything like it. I think it's the highest high, at least for me, that I will ever experience. And I hope that, you know, someday if I decide to have another baby, like, that would be the reason enough right there, just to give it another go, at least, because it's magic. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, and I feel like, I mean, I've always felt like women are so strong in so many different ways, but back to, you know, the experience of being unmedicated and, and feeling my body take over, birth is so natural. It's so natural, regardless of whether or not you've had a few sections before, your body knows what to do. And again, not to bully anyone into it, but if someone was curious about it and they thought they couldn't do it because of something their doctor said or because of some predisposed fear that came from a movie or whatever, that would break my heart because you can experience that magic and your body knows what to do. It's really it's such a subconscious thing. I mean, I just... I having gotten to experience it myself, want it. 
so badly for everyone else. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, I think too, once you have experienced just that whole, the whole thing, you're like, I want everyone to have this experience, you know, because it is, it's like you said, yeah. it's just magic. It's completely magic. And I remember after I pulled web out and I was like, oh my gosh, like that, like I want to do that again right now. Like I, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't know about right crazy. now. But like, <laughs> well, but you know what I mean? Like, like I was like, I want to do that again. Like I want to feel that yeah. again. And yeah. 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 And I mean, my like, husband said, are you crazy? <laughs> That was, and I, I would kind of agree with him. After I had the baby, I think it was still too fresh. I was just like, she's beautiful. This was a wonderful experience, but ow. So I'm going to wait a beat for, uh, for round yeah. three. But I mean, yeah. okay, so the big thing for me with, with my whole birth experience that I wanted to take away was obviously, yes, that magical spark, that transitioning from the lowest that you could feel to the highest that you could feel so quickly in a second. That's amazing. But the other thing, it's just that, you know, birth, it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's a scary part of it, but as a whole, it's not a scary thing. And it doesn't have to be. And it can be so much fun. I mean, do you remember how much fun we had just with the songs and the dance, making speakers out of styrofoam cups and yes. laughing at stupid board games? That was <laughs> so much fun. That you were amazing at, by the way. <laughs> sure. I'm just really competitive. <laughs> yeah, well, you're really good. <laughs> Even in labor, I was like, what? How is this possible? How can she think of these things? But you were amazing. I, it was. It was a party. It was a really amazing, beautiful day or night, I should say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was born that late. That sounds so exciting. Like, literally, I'm sitting here giggling and laughing and just listening to you guys relive the whole birth. It just makes my heart really happy. Like, everybody should have an experience like that. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm so glad I got to have one just because the first experience was so scary. I remember talking to Megan um, when I was about, I don't know, five and a half, six months along, kind of just wondering if I could, could even do a VBAC. And I was like, I, I think I can do it. Like, I, I think I'm strong enough, but I had no idea just because my first experience was so terrifying and the pain was so instant and relentless. And I'm so glad that I got to, to go back and, and – you know, experience what it could, what it could be. And the games was just the cherry on top. And like I said, just really social. And I knew that I was going to want entertainment and I love watching people play games. I love being a part of it. So it was, it was beautiful atmosphere. I think to be in before something so intense, it definitely got me into the right headspace. I love it. I feel like I say that a lot. I love it. I love it. I I was just thinking about that the other day. Like at the end of everyone's episode, I was like, Love it. I love it. And I'm like, I love yes, it. you do love it. And I, and do. I don't feel like it's fake. It's just totally genuine. You love it. You love the stories. You love the empowerment. Oh you love gosh. the women that we're talking to. And I think it's really awesome. <laughs> yes, I do. And I say and awesome a lot. So there. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really, like, reliving that was amazing. And kind of another fun fact about Molly and her daughter is that she was the three millionth baby born in Utah. Or not baby born, resident, right? Like the three millionth resident. Is that yeah, right? Three millionth, three millionth Utah resident. She was honored. She got to meet the governor. I mean, yeah. she was like two days old, so, so she probably cool. doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah. 
It was awesome. Even there were that many people in our state. <laughs> <laughs> There's more now, but yeah, she was three millionth. I remember she was on the news, and, and like just just right after she had a baby, and like she's on the news, and you would never even believe that she just had a baby. <laughs> like I was like, well, I, I want to look that good. <laughs> Well, thanks. <laughs> you're you're just beautiful. Well, I wanted to also kind of share our little educational fact, which will be also on our blog today, which is utahvbacklink.com slash blog. I wanted to talk about having good nutrients and what it's going to do, how it will benefit you. And then I also wanted to touch on a couple things that women have asked about herbal-wise that can help strengthen their uterine wall. First off, on, nutri- on nutrients, it really does benefit both mom and baby during pregnancy, labor, birth, and postpartum. Having those important nutrients where you're having the vegetables, the protein, the grains, the dairy, the fruit. I mean, it really is key to have good nutrients, and it's never too late to start. Studies are showing that good nutrition is linked to less premature babies, more energy during pregnancy and after birth, healthier babies, and better pattern of weight gain and weight loss in postpartum stage. So I, we will talk a little bit more on that on the blog today. Being healthy during pregnancy, it really is so important. So if you can, eat really, really healthy. Um, and then we also wanted to talk about red raspberry leaf tea. I'm sure, Molly, did you take any red raspberry leaf tea when you were pregnant? Yeah, I did. Actually. I feel yeah. I was gonna say I feel like you did. I feel like I think you recommended brought, it, didn't you? Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, and I feel like I might have even like brought you a sample of my. Maybe I could be wrong, but the red raspberry leaf tea comes from leaves of the red raspberry plant, and it it's turned into an herbal tea. They also have them into like little capsules for those um, who don't really want to take it in a tea, but it helps for uterine health, particularly during pregnancy and childbirthing years. So this is not only something that's going to induce labor, and I feel like red raspberry leaf tea um, is its kind of a myth that red raspberry leaf tea is going to induce labor, and it, and it really is not. You can, you can start taking red raspberry leaf tea while you're pregnant, and I, I want to say it, it's like one bag per trimester that you're in or something like that. And then the last couple yeah. of weeks, you're, you can take multiple bags. Is that right, Julie? Does that sound right? I've always heard that too, like one bag per trimester per day. So if you're in your third trimester, mm-hmm. three days. If you're in your second trimester, two days. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then once you're past 36 weeks, as much as you want. But definitely talk you with want, your yeah. provider. Um, I did that with my... Uh, second pregnancy and he came early and then my third pregnancy came even earlier like almost like premature early so like I did not take any with my fourth baby and she actually came later than everybody else so really (laughs) yeah she was my longest pregnancy by like six days which was like really Hmm. painful Um, which is interesting because they say it's not an inducer it's it's not an inducer, but I feel like there's something to be said about like strengthening the uterus and making it efficient and like when your body's ready, like and everything lines up. And mm-hmm. uh, 
I'm going to stop talking now and probably just edit that part out. So there you go. <laughs> You're fine. You're it's fine. I didn't, I, I didn't mean it to come across that way. I just. I just no, don't want to give my baby, I didn't want to give my body any reason to make things go any faster than they normally would. Because, mm-hmm. like, my baby was born 37 weeks. Like, that's a little bit cutting the line there. <laughs> that's a little early. That's a little early. So, and then, so when I was, when I was having my V, going for my V back after my two C-sections, and I, I changed providers, as most of you might know, if you've heard episode two, kind of like, mid-pregnancy at 24 weeks and my midwife immediately said red clover I want you on red clover now and I had never heard about red clover Molly or Julie have you guys heard about red clover no yeah see I and when I was with you I hadn't heard of it by then so red clover is nourishing food herb and she said that it also was a uterine strengthener wonderful for pregnancy preparation and she talked about that too like the blood, and so I don't know if that just helps like the blood go through and pump through better, but through the urine wall and everything. But um, she really felt strongly about me getting on that. So we will link a little link on our blog from Susan Weed. She talks about more about red clover and how it really does benefit through pregnancy preparation. All right. Well, thank you, Molly, again so much for being on our podcast. We are always looking for more inspiring stories. To share your story or possibly be on one of our podcasts, post on social media with the hashtag #WhyWeVBack and tag at the VBack link, or contact us from our website. Be sure to rate us and share and leave your reviews. We are excited to hear what you think. For families local to Utah. Be sure to check out our website, utahvbatlink.com, for more information on our VBAT childbirth classes and doula services. Thank you so much for listening. We are excited for you to begin your journey with us.